In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We know that the disciples were not fishing just for fun in the story, uh, but this was their occupation. And we could just imagine how terrible they must have felt that night. After they were already going through a lot, not seeing Jesus when, whenever they wanted to, like they used to, kind of maybe feeling a little bit of separation from Him, maybe guilt because of the anxiety uh, that they were feeling from having left Him to die on the cross by Himself. All of that, and then they go and they fish, and all night they didn't catch anything. Seven of them. They spent all night, hours and hours. So we can just imagine how bad they must have felt, like their work was just in vain. And maybe we can relate to them at certain times in our lives, when we work so hard and yet the work that we do is not really bearing fruit. We don't really see our life going anywhere. We kind of feel a source of emptiness, whether it comes to the work that we do, to school, just to the busyness of life and to the anxiety that we feel mixed with the guilt that we have because of the sinfulness that, that we do. And so the apostles must have felt a lot of this that night, a lot of emptiness, a lot of working in vain, until they saw Jesus on the shore. And they didn't know that it was Jesus. And yet he told them to do something. He commanded them to throw the net on the other side of the boat. Imagine if they had quit an, an hour before that and said, we haven't caught anything all night, so we're just going to quit. Maybe they would not have seen Jesus. Imagine if when he told them to do that, they would have said, what are you talking about? We've been doing this all night. There's no way we're going to throw it over one more time. But they trusted, even though their trust wasn't complete, they didn't know exactly, they still trusted they obeyed Jesus and they bore more fruit than they did in that one moment than they did all night. And it was because of their obedience, because of their trust, and because of their perseverance. And that's what the Lord also wants from us. There's a lot we can learn in this story about work and about sanctifying this great aspect of our lives. A lot of people, when they work, they try to do everything on their own. They give all of their effort and a lot of the time it feels like they come up empty and one of the reasons why is because people tend to separate work from God from the relationship with God that we are all supposed to have there's work there's school there's family life there's this and that and then there's church on Sunday and then there's prayer here and there once in a while but that's not what the Lord wants us to do. That's not how He wants us to live our lives. Everything should be in unity and everything should be ordered toward the salvation of our souls. Actually, Jesus worked in His life more than He did preach the gospel. He only preached and did His ministry for the final three years of His life. But for the 30 years that He lived before that, most of them were spent in manual labor. And that those moments that he got to spend to work and to spend time with his earthly father, St. Joseph, those moments were for sure moments that he sanctified and offered to God. They weren't wasted moments. He worked in unity with God, his father, and he offered every single moment of his life to God. That's what he wanted the apostles to do, and that's what he wants us to do. How can we do this? 
the first and most obvious thing, which is not obvious to a lot of Christians, or maybe it is and, and they don't do it, the first and most important thing is to listen to the commands of Jesus, like how the apostles did here. They listened and they followed His directions. Now, some people don't do that when it comes to their work. Some people try to take shortcuts. They try to do things that are against the law of God. And you'll know those things very well. Maybe even there are sometimes things that are not simply against the law of God just for ourselves, but there are things that could cause harm to other people. And sometimes people try to make a little bit of extra money either by selling something that's harmful and that's sinful, or by mistreating their, their employees, or by trying to cheat customers just to make a couple extra dollars. And in making a few extra dollars, those people will be losing the blessing of God. People think that they have to gather as much money as they can at whatever cost, and to do it all on their own, and they forget about the laws of God. They forget to seek first the kingdom of God, and that that is the most important thing in life. So the number one way, and the most obvious thing, way to sanctify our work, is to always follow the will of God. To follow the Ten Commandments, even and especially at our work time. To treat others with love and with respect, and to always work in honesty and in the fear of the Lord no matter what we do, and to treat our children that way, to, to teach our children, not just by our words, but by our examples also. But the other way to do this, to invite the Lord and to sanctify our time of work, the other way to do this is to offer it to Him through prayer, to see that what we are doing with our lives is not a waste of time, this hard work that we do, it's not a waste of time. But God wants us to do this so that we can be sanctified, so, so that we can be holy, and so that we can sanctify our families as well. Sometimes people have a misunderstanding of what it means to pray and what it means to have God be at the center of our lives, that we pray and we expect God to do everything. That's not what it means. We pray and then we work also hard. St. Augustine says, Pray as though everything depended on God, but work as though everything depended on you. There's a balance. We have to work very hard, and we have to pray very hard. And when we pray very hard, not just at our work, but when we make prayer a thing in our lives that is more important than anything else, prayer and the Eucharist, when we do that, God is going to give us the grace to work more freely and to even bear more fruit when we work. Look at what happened with St. Peter. I didn't realize this until maybe last year when I read the story and I paid very close attention to what happened. There's a miracle in this story that we kind of overlook a lot of the time. What happens is all of the apostles, this is after the miracle where they caught an overflowing number of fish. After that happened, the disciples, six of them, without St. Peter, they could barely lift the fish into the boat, and then they could barely drag it, all of them, to the shore. But what the Gospel says is that Peter, after they got to shore, Peter went by himself and he dragged it all. And he brought it. What happened in between those moments was that Peter went to Jesus. 
He went to Jesus, and after he went to Jesus, he received some sort of supernatural strength, it seems, to be able to go and to pull it all by himself. A lot of the time we feel like we'll be wasting time when we pray so much, when we go to church, when we go to Eucharistic adoration, when we go to daily Mass. On the contrary, it's not a waste of time. It's going to give us the grace of the Lord to be able to work better, to be able to be holy in our work as well. Mother Teresa did so much work for the poor and she established a great order of nuns and, and they established institutions all throughout the world to help the poor. They did so much work. They were so busy most of the time in their lives. And so somebody asked her one day, how do you do this with all that you have going on? How do you keep your religious vows? How do you work so hard? How do you serve so much? This is what she said. To be able to live this life of vows, we need our life to be woven with the Eucharist. That's why we begin our day with Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. With Him, we go forward. And when we come back in the evening, we have one hour of adoration before Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And at this, you will be surprised that we have not had to cut down our work for the poor. It has brought us so close to each other. We love each other better. But I think we love the poor with greater and deeper faith and love. This is an example for all of us, brothers and sisters, to give more time to Jesus, to not think that He will take away from our time, but to understand that He is the source of strength and of grace for all of us, that if we go to Him, He will give us the strength that we need. And so I strongly encourage you, brothers and sisters, to make the Eucharist an encounter with the body and blood of Jesus more a part of your life. A lot of you come to Mass every Sunday, and that's a great thing, and that's a basic thing that we all need to do. But I think maybe we can do a little bit more with our lives. We can go to Jesus a little bit more. Maybe you can come to daily Mass at least a couple times a week. Maybe you can go to Eucharistic Adoration at least a couple times a week. Maybe you can come to the beautiful prayers that the monks do here in the church every single day, multiple times a day. Try to make an encounter with the grace of Jesus more in your life on a daily basis so that you can receive the daily bread from the Lord and have the strength and the energy by His grace to be able to go out into the world and to live the life of grace that He calls us to live and to be sanctified yourselves but also your children and to be truly blessed, not just with money, but with the grace of God, because that is the greatest blessing we can all have, is the grace to be able to follow Him, to walk after Him all of the days of our lives, so that we can inherit the joy that is waiting for us in heaven. Amen.